Hello and welcome to the Renaissance Polymath. I'm your host, Toby Gagnon, and on this episode, I would like to discuss life skills. Let's go ahead and get things started. We all know successful people, whether that be professionally, financially, or socially, and often I find myself wondering, what are they doing that I'm not? And what are they doing that is so much different and or better than how I'm doing it? When I take a moment of honest assessment, I have found a few common themes that come back around frequently. I'd like to share three of these with you. So when it comes to being a successful person, most people would agree that successful people have a level of commitment that is above average. With that commitment, part of it, honestly, is just being present and in the moment. You've heard people say, hey, I was at the right place at the right time. Success is a lot of that. But you can, in essence, make your own luck just by proper preparation and things like that. But being present, quite frankly, just being in the room, being there is very important. And even if you are in the room, being present in the moment is important too. So not constantly on your phone or other electronic device, not thinking about what you're going to be doing next. Have your mind in the game, so to speak. Along with the commitment... Part of that is looking out for the best interest of others and not being selfish. When people create a product, usually it's not because they're looking to make it rich. Usually it's because they're trying to make their lives easier or the life of a friend, family member, or somebody else just easier through doing whatever task it is. So believe it or not, looking out for the best interest of others can go into that commitment thing and that can lead to success. Sticking with commitment Successful people often ask how they can help, and they don't just ask the question. They actually follow up and do exactly what is being asked of them. So commitment and being successful is asking how you can help and then actually helping someone. Last with commitment is following up. You follow up on things that you talked about, follow up on things that you're going to do or that have been done. Because successful people often find that fine-tuning after the follow-up. You know, the follow-up thing comes, they say, hey, yeah, that product was great, but man, this button should really be over here, or whatever it is. Following up on that stuff and fine-tuning those can lead to a lot of success. So successful people have commitment, being present, looking out for the best interests of others, asking how they can help, and then actually helping, and following up on items or work that was done. Successful people also have very good awareness. And what I mean by that is typically they will slow things down and evaluate the information at hand, whether that's visually, hearing a story, reading a book, whatever, educating themselves, slowing down and evaluating things before they act. Successful people plan their every move. And the reason they do that is because they need to understand how their actions or their inactions are going to affect those around them, whether directly or indirectly. So being successful, you need to have awareness. Slow things down, evaluate them before you act, and then understand how your actions or your inactions will affect those around you, whether directly or indirectly. In that, in that same thread, you need to have an honest assessment of your own abilities and limitations, whether it's physical or technical. And successful people do this a lot. So they know, hey, I have a weakness in whatever it is. They bring in somebody to help them with that, you know, a a general contractor or subcontractor, whatever that is. They bring somebody in to help them in that. But they also learn from that person while they're there. They don't just bring them in and say, here's the job I need it done, go do it. They say, hey, here's a job, I need it done. Can you help me do it? 
That way I can learn so I can do it better myself next time. And lastly, the third one, communication. Successful people communicate extremely well. You as an individual will be required to communicate on some level with everyone in your life. And I don't mean people walking by you on the street, but people in your life, whether it's family or friends, whatever it is, you will be required to communicate with them on some level. So you're going to want to be good at communicating. Ineffective communication or inefficient communication can not only be frustrating, but can be damning in certain situations, whether it be um, a divorce or losing a job or something like that. Ineffective communication and inefficient communication can be frustrating, but could also be damning. However, effective communication will allow you to build your relationships, build existing relationships and develop new ones and allow them to strengthen and grow. And the reason for that is because very likely those individuals are going to trust you. So effective and efficient communication can build a level of trust which will allow you to strengthen and grow relationships. And that could be with family, with friends, with children. That's another good example there. So being successful requires good communication. With that, helping others be successful around you is imperative. You, you often see successful people talk about the teams that they're on, and they empower their teams to do certain things. Leading by example, especially when it comes to communication, can help you be successful, and by extension, those around you, which ultimately, if they work on a team with you to, to for a project or whatever it is, those people will be successful, and you're leading by example within your network or your community. Okay, so we've talked about three general skills that you can focus on to better yourself personally, professionally, and financially. Uh, I'd like to take the last two, the second half of this, the last two, and talk to you about some tangible skills. Um, These that I'm going to talk about could likely save you time, money, and possibly save a life. So let's go ahead and dig into these. The first is first aid. Having the skill set that is first aid focused, is extremely important. There's a reason I put this one first under tangible skills, because you are far more likely to need to treat a wound or an ailment, regardless of your age, whether you're 10 years old or 100 years old, you're far more likely to need to treat some sort of injury or ailment than you are, say, I don't know, rebuild the engine of a car. That is why first aid is first. Also, bad treatment can be worse than no treatment at all. We've all heard that, hey, when somebody's in an accident and you you are on scene, you really shouldn't move them. If they can't move themselves, even if they can, you should really have them sit down and not move because you don't know if there's a spinal injury. Movement of that spinal column can cause worse injury. So bad treatment can be worse than no treatment at all. I'll also say this, and this is something I say in all my educational seminars, is I have used more Band-Aids than tourniquets, and I've taken more ibuprofen than morphine. What I mean by that is I have treated, self-treated or somebody else, more boo-boos and headaches than I have deep lacerations or amputations or anything like that. All of that to say, it's important for you to understand how to use both. You need to know how to apply a Band-Aid how to treat a wound, an ailment, something like that. But also, in the same token, if you come upon a car accident, 
you really should have a tourniquet with you and you should know how to use that tourniquet when it's appropriate to use it, when it's not appropriate to use it, and you should know how to do all that. So what I recommend for first aid, that tangible skill of first aid, is I recommend taking a class, either from the Red Cross or somebody else. A Stop the Bleed class is another great example. Take a class, learn the first aid, especially if you're a parent. I think it's important, and quite frankly, it's our duty as parents to have that general knowledge of first aid, especially as it comes when it comes to pediatric and children. So I recommend taking a class, and first aid is number one for a reason. The second tangible skill I'll talk about, and this is really the last one that I had, is vehicle maintenance. Once you get to an age where you have a, a vehicle, whether that's a motorcycle or uh, a car or a truck or something like that, it's important for you to know how to maintain that vehicle. And there's many reasons for this, not the least of which is short and long-term cost savings. If you do an oil change now, it could save you having to rebuild the engine later down the road. If you change your transmission fluid on a regular basis, that will save you money from having to get a new transmission. Things like that, short and long-term cost savings. Additionally, if you work on your vehicle, if you take the time to read a manual to understand what needs to be done on what schedule, odds are you're going to be able to self-diagnose issues that arise. If you hear a funny noise, you don't want to be the person standing in the reception of a, a tire center describing what that noise is to the person across the counter because you don't want that embarrassment. And quite frankly, you want to be able to communicate effectively like we talked about before. So don't be the person making the funny noise across the counter. Be able to self-diagnose and that can come, that ability can come from the skill set of vehicle maintenance. Also with vehicle maintenance, if you maintain it well, especially your tires, proper inflation, make sure you've got good tread, you can actually travel farther and faster because you're not going to be held to uh, restrictions necessarily when it comes to, oh man, I don't want to push this car too hard or, oh gosh, now I got uh, a, a flat tire or something that was preventable, but now I'm stuck on the side of the road changing this thing. That's going to take time that you could be driving. So you can actually travel farther and faster if you maintain your vehicle properly. Also, you have a far lower likelihood of being involved in a single vehicle accident. If you maintain your brakes properly, if you maintain your tire pressures, your, uh, your engine coolant levels, things like that, you are far less likely to be involved in a single vehicle accident or breakdown. Now, obviously, when it comes to multiple car accidents, that's kind of a, uh, it's such a unique situation because somebody else is involved. But as far as single vehicle, you're far less likely to be involved in an accident. And lastly, uh, self-reliance and self-recovery from situations. If you understand where the tow attachment points are on your vehicle, you're far more likely to be able to get yourself out of a situation. Or if you've got things like uh, like a Max Trax or something like that where you can, hey, I know I can use my floor mats in my car and stick them under my tires even though it's on snow to give them some traction to be able to get out of a situation. Self-reliance and self-recovery from situations can come with proper vehicle maintenance. So how do you learn vehicle maintenance? Well, again, going back to taking a class from the Red Cross when it comes to first aid, I strongly encourage you to take a class from a community college near you. Or you could watch instructional videos on YouTube, but that's a little bit different because you don't have a, an educator standing over you, coaching you through whatever it is you're doing, but they can be very effective. So I recommend 
taking a class from a community college or watching instructional videos, or if you're the type of person that learns better from a book, getting yourself something like a Haynes manual for your vehicle is good because they have write-ups and they have pictures in there that can help you do that. So vehicle maintenance, how do you learn it? Take a class, read a book, watch some videos. All right, so that about wraps up this episode, but I would encourage you to do your own continued research and education. I'll make sure to link some things that I discussed in this episode in the show notes. On the next episode, I will be discussing being a good spouse. If you have any feedback, please feel free to send me an email at podcast at therenpo.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-P-O.com. I would also appreciate it if you left a review wherever you podcast. That helps the show be discoverable to others and helps me understand where things can be improved. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download new episodes so you don't miss any of the future topics. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.